Hey, this is Michael. Thanks so much for listening to Soma's podcast. Before this week's teaching, I just want to take a second and thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It makes a huge impact. Enjoy the message. pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for your steadfast love. Thank you that you never change and your promises ring true. And if you say it, you do it. And you're so consistent. And I know that's hard for us to understand because we are so inconsistent. And, and uh, But God, give us over to just a real trust and a steadiness and a faith in your word. And you've proven time and time again if you said you would do it, you would come through. And so I pray that would happen again today. God, lift our head. Every single person in this room, give us over to a great faith in you. To trust you with all areas of our life. And we're, we're quick to trust you with our eternity, God. And to believe and trust and have a faith that, Jesus, you are who you say you are. But sometimes all of the other promises that you have, and there are many thousands for our lives, God. We, we Give us over to a courage of conviction to apply what you say in your word and uh, to lean on you, you're trustworthy. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen. You guys high-five someone around you, hug someone, tell them happy Sunday. Glad you're here. Man, if you're new to our church family, we're so glad you're here today, and uh, we hope it feels like coming home and more than anything, we want you to know that we as a church are really a vehicle to help as many people as possible come to know God so they can find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And whether you do that here or you do it elsewhere, our whole goal is to get you uh, convinced that that's really what it's all about. And, uh, and if you are new, you've been coming and, and trying this on, and you have yet to get connected and you got questions, we'd love to get to meet some of the team and just spend some time. I want to invite you to Growth Track. We we just had 20-some people come through Growth Track um, this last round, and we have another one coming up in February. It's always the second and third Sunday, so uh, it's a great place to meet people. I know I've met a lot of new families coming off of the holiday season, but we're also, today, we're landing uh, the plane on our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We started on the second, coming through the 22nd. <laughs> it does not mean, if you want to continue to fast, fast, if you want to continue to, definitely we're going to continue to pray, but just a season where We've set aside at the beginning of the year and said, you know what? What if we as a church family put prayer in its right place and prioritized uh, praying to God and just building a culture of prayer? And hopefully you've done that in your own family, something we've done in our family over these 21 days. That we do a Bible study at night, which um, we've never really consistently done, you know, every single day as a family. So it's been really cool to build that culture. But Whatever that looks like for you, one of the things, I mean, if you've done, I've talked to people who've done soul fasting and, hey, I just set down my phone or set aside distractions in the way of media or TV or whatever. I set aside, you know, a partial fast of food or people I know fasted sugar and sweets and all kinds of things, caffeine, people who've done liquid fast, but whatever that looks like, setting aside some things, really kind of starving flesh or starving um, for a lot of us, the attention that we put elsewhere and saying, you know what? I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to do some cool things. I'm really just going to focus on my relationship with Jesus in this season. So it's been awesome to cultivate a culture of prayer. And 
in this season, we launched a prayer team. If you want to join prayer team, again, go come and hang out at Growth Track, hear about prayer team. There's people who are actually praying during this service while this service is going on, which is cool. And then uh, people who get prayer cards, you guys fill those out week to week. People are praying for you and your family and your needs. And then um, also we had our prayer services. So it was really awesome to see um, so many people from 630 to 730 on a Tuesday, Thursday morning roll up in here and just pray first. And so we're building that culture. We're going to continue to do that. If you want those prayer books, if you never got a prayer book, we have some our team. They have some of those and just as a resource to you for the rest of the year. And then baptisms are coming up February 5th. So if you've trusted Christ with your life, surrendered your life to Jesus, made a decision to follow him, but you haven't followed up with water baptism, it doesn't matter if it was this year or if it was a decade ago. My encouragement to you, next step in following Jesus is going public with your faith. It is the New Testament biblical precedent. Jesus sets it, and then every New Testament follower of him follows in that. And it's really just a way of, yeah, and it, it is humbling. It's a humbling experience and that's part of the whole thing. That's part of the awkward space that is being dunked in water in front of everybody and being brought out of it. But it's death to an old self and being raised to new life in Christ. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't been baptized, to, to pray about it. And if you know, like, man, God's been speaking to me. I know that's my next step. I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, and it, you can, again, you can have been following Jesus for a long time but have never taken part in baptism want to encourage you to sign up online for that. It's on the website. But we've been in a series called Overflow, and we've been talking in this series about how a lot of the frustrations that we have in the Christian life are because we're trying to do things in our own effort and in our own strength. We get frustrated because I want to be more loving or I want to be more joyful or, man, I really wish I had more patience, but kind of doing it in my own effort versus, like, letting God transform my heart from the inside out. And that's, that's the way, same God that saves us is the same one that sanctifies us, the same one that really transforms us into the likeness of Christ is what we've been saying in this series. And the Apostle Paul gives us language for what that looks like. He says, really, it's like, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And he says this in Galatians 5. This has been our theme verse for this series. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that God desires for you and for me. These are the gifts that he wants to give us. This is really his character. These are his virtues that he wants to download in our lives and make us look more like Jesus in these ways. Today, what we're talking about, we're talking about faithfulness. So last week, we hit goodness, and this week, we're hitting faithfulness. And uh, so just to kind of work a definition for the, the sake of today and just a simple definition, what does it mean to be faithful that God is faithful. It just means that he's true to his word. So if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And that's what it means to be faithful. It means I'm committed. I'm stayed. Hey, I, I signed up for this. I'm going to be faithful in this. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going. Uh, I remember growing up as a kid and I signed up my first year playing football and I got like four or five practices in. I was like, I'm good. And my dad was like, Nah, you're going to finish. You're going to finish this. I don't know if you had that parent or not, but he was like, you started it, you're going to finish it, right? So it was that kind of idea. And God's same thing. He's faithful in that way. The fruit of the spirit of faithfulness is huge. It's massive because everything that for us as followers of Jesus is dependent on the faithfulness of God. Like everything, even including your eternity. 
right? Everything that we hope for, everything that we trust in, everything that we believe in is really subject to the faithfulness of God. Either God is faithful and, you know, everything that we're believing and hoping for as Christ followers, we can lean on, or God is not faithful and we all got problems, okay? So, like, it's a really important thing for us as followers of Jesus to learn more about his faithfulness. And we say that we trust God. A lot of times you and I will say that we trust God and we say that we believe that he's faithful and that his promises are always yes and amen. And yet our lives so often don't reflect that because there's so many parts of our lives where we really have yet to subject and surrender parts of our lives to the things that we know that he said. But it's like, yeah, but I know he said that. But still, like, I mean, really? Like, you know, and, and but it's like, yeah, no, it's, his promises are true. And it's hard for us to apply apply it to our lives. And the reason why it's so hard is because we know so many people who are unfaithful. And to be honest, we're unfaithful ourselves so often. Um, and as we get older, we trust fewer people. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like the older I get, like the more skeptical you are of like everybody that you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, cause everybody's burnt you at least one time, right? Everybody's said something, done something, kind of like caught you off guard in, in some way, at least one time or another. And, uh, and the thought is, man, we, you know, you really can't fully trust anybody. And, and, and why is that? And, and it's because nobody's 100% faithful. No one. No one in your life is 100% faithful. And, and you know people who are more faithful than other people, but there's still people who they'll say one thing and then still do, still do another one. And so no one is able to keep their word 100% of the time. And this is why it's so hard for us to wrap our mind around the faithfulness of God it's because we lack this attribute ourselves so much. And so um, you ever notice how when you're little, it's a lot easier to be trusting. Like when you're little, you're operating just like off of straight up. Like it's so you're so innocent and even like a level of naivety, you're like, whatever. And, you know, but you're just so trusting until that person gives you some reason to not trust. Like my your your primary operating motive is just like I trust you until you do something, say something. And I'm like, OK, cool. All right, I learned my lesson there. And then you do that over the course of a lifetime, and, and it's just a lot of people who are walking around, you know, kind of skeptical about the rest of humanity because of what's been done to you, said to you, and really some, some of what you've done yourself. And it's gotten so bad for some of us that we'll step into certain situations, and, um, and you're already, like, as you go into certain situations, you're assuming the worst about whatever it is you're stepping into. So you got like your boss, like, hey, I would love to meet with you or, you know, friends invite you to dinner or, you know, something out of left field. And you're, you're automatic, like your brain goes to like worst case scenario because you're like, if I if I start there, it can only get better. Like if like but if I start like, oh, this is going to be the worst, you know what I mean? Then it, it, then I'm not let down by whatever. And so we do that because we know that others struggle to be faithful, but also because we, deep down we struggle to be faithful, too. And so um, I want you to think about this when it comes to our own ability to keep our word. This is my experience, probably yours as well. Some of us have, have promised your kids something, and then we didn't come through on the things that we promised. And then your kids said back to you, but you promised, right? And you're like, dang, that was a rookie move that I promised at all. You know what I mean? Um, but you didn't come through with what you said you would do. Or you, you signed up for a job. And, you know, you signed that paperwork and you kind of looked at the expectations and you thought, ooh, that's pretty high. Like, it's pretty high expectations. Then, and then your performance and your output and just the way that you carried yourself in the workplace, it didn't really mark up with what you signed your name to, right? 
and, and so lack faithfulness in that way. Um, or maybe uh, a friend shared something with you, and they were like, hey, I really don't want you to share this with anybody. And then it got back to them that you put their business on blast. And so what you said you would do, what you did. Um, or maybe in your marriage, your dating relationships, you, you've experienced a breach of trust there. You have, by the way, or you will. And, and it can be small. It just, it just depends on, on what level and in what way, right? But there's always that breach of trust, and there's always an opportunity to grow in faithfulness. Maybe a parent, a mentor, a coach, a professor, an employer said one thing, did another. And slowly our trust in what people say is it gets more and more guarded, more and more skeptical because we know it's hard to be faithful. And yet this is the thing that God says, hey, I desire to give you more of my faithfulness. I desire to teach you what it is to be faithful, and I desire to give you more of this in your life and set you apart in this way so that people will look at you and be like, that's different. That's different. And so uh, this is the very heart of God, and this is really who God is. He, can all, he can't help himself. Like, he has to be faithful. <laughs> and there's certain things that God can't do, and one of them is be unfaithful. And so th- this is Scripture, Psalm 19, 89 through 90. He says this, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. If he's asked you to do a thing, if he's called you to do a thing, he will give you everything that you need to do all that he's called you to do. And some of God's promises, we've talked about this. You've heard me talk about this a lot. A lot of God's promises are conditional. They are an if you do this, then I will do this type of promise in Scripture, conditional promises. Some of God's promises are not. Some of them are just unconditional. Where he says, and those are the best, where he says, I will do this, because it's like, sweet, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't even, like, what part do I play? Nothing. I'm going to do this, right? So it's like Abraham uh, is a great example in Scripture where he doesn't give Abraham a conditional promise. He gives Abraham an unconditional call. I will build a nation through you. You will be a blessing. Like, this is what he says in his word. And he never says, Abraham, if you do, he just says, this is going to happen. And so, um, and so if he calls you to do a thing, this is what it says in 1 Thessalonians. The one who calls you is faithful, and he's going to bring you to completion. He's going to give you the tools necessary to become who he's called you to become. 1 Peter 4.19 says this. So then those who suffering according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. And then 1 John 1.19, you guys know this one. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so the Bible says over and over again, I could go, there's a hundred other places I could go, but the Bible says over and over again that God is faithful. And when the Bible's describing someone as faithful, it's almost never referring to how much faith that person possesses, but, it's, but instead how much faith others can place in that person, how much faith how much others can trust him to perform what he promises he'll do. And that's what it means when we're talking about a faithful person keeps and cherishes and maintains and guards the faith of those who put their trust in him. And this is the God that we serve. And, and, and all of us are different in this area. Some of us are better at being faithful than others, varying degrees. None of us are a hundred percent in this area. And so, um, and, and again, just depending on, it's just kind of a hard exercise because we just, I don't know if you're like me. I just don't trust people. 
right? And so uh, just because of life, I don't know. Like if, you, if someone asked me, they were like, hey, you know, uh, are you faithful? I'm like, yeah, you know, like, but, but I know me, you know what I mean? So, it, so people were like, you know, they'll throw out ideas like, hey, are you, what do you think about, what do you think about so-and-so, right? What do you think about, I don't know, who's in this room, right? Like, what do you think about Derek? Is he faithful? Yeah, Derek's faithful. Derek's a faithful guy. I, I don't know. It's like 75%. I'd say 75%. Like, I, I mean, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I trust. Not much. But, I mean, I'm, I'm over the top. I'm over halfway. You know what I mean? Like, I, and, then, um, and then who else is in this room? And I'm looking around, and God's like, hey, what about, uh, you know, what about like a, what about like a, what about like a Bob Lee? Yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob. I, 80%, 85%, probably a little more than Derek. You know what I mean? Like he's, like he's, you know what I mean? He's more mature. I've been doing this longer. I don't know how that works. Like it's just, I feel like I could probably hang my head on that a little bit. But like no one's, no one's like 100%. You know what I mean? And the Bible says of God, it's like, no. <laughs> you like take it to the bank. Like it's 100%. The reality is, is that for everyone you and I know, there's some degree of, I can trust them. But maybe not like completely. Can I can I can I fully put my like all of my life on them? And that's what the original um, the original word for faithful, like in scripture, the Hebrew word, it really just means to lean on, like to put your weight on it. Like you could put your whole weight on the promises of God, on the word of God, on who God is. That's what it's talking about. Can I put my eternity on this person? Probably not. But can I put it on God? And so we all want to be faithful or think ourselves as faithful, but we all fail at different times in different ways. And as a character quality, this is the thing that God desires to give us. But, man, it's just hard to find. And it's not just, it's not new. This is something that's been a problem forever. This is Proverbs 20, verse 6. It says this. It says, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. But a faithful man who can find. And I love that passage because it's like everybody loves to talk a good game. It, writer of Proverbs, he's like, everybody loves to talk a good game. Man, whoo, there's a lot of people that think highly of their steadfast love and their faithfulness. And then it says, but there's really nobody, <laughs> there's really nobody doing the thing. And so for every one of us who talks a big game, there's one who actually does what they say they will do. And this is what we find in Christ, and this is what we find in God. He is a faithful God. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll come through. And it's God's work uh, in, he desires to do a work on the inside of us, to grow, in, grow us in his likeness in the area of faithfulness. And out of doing that work on the inside of us, it comes out and it, and it transforms our community and the people around us. And so God doesn't decide to be faithful just like on a whim in the way that you and I might just have real resolve or real commitment to a specific relationship or a hobby or a place like a work or whatever, like, man, I'm really faithful to this, right? God's just faithful all the time. And so if we're going to learn how to cultivate this fruit, we need to learn about really how God is faithful and why he's faithful. The first thing is that God's faithful to his name. We see this all throughout Scripture. He's faithful to his name. Um, have you ever, like, worried about your reputation? I want you to think about the things that, you know, you're, everybody's worried about their reputation, P.S., but... Like, just the idea of, like, what are the things that we stress about when other people's appraisal of us? And I'm, it makes me think about me being in middle school 
in Mac Williams Middle School, come on, home of the Mustangs. I was, uh, I got dropped off. My mom drove a big old blue Aerostar. It was like bright neon blue Aerostar minivan. And I was like, maybe just drop me off at the curb, like all, like all the way down. You know what I mean? The, the, the ride, the pickup line is long, Mom. I really don't want you to have to like wait. Like just come on, I'll serve you. Drop me at the road. And, you know, but it was about my reputation. I was like, it's not cool for meeting the boys. And, you know, it's like, I just don't want you to roll up and in the blue Airstar minivan. And I'm just, I got my guys here. And, you know, and so, like, really worried about my reputation. And if you and I are worried about our reputation, and we are, the, the types of things, I want you to think about all the things that, you know, that we do for our namesake. Um, you know, we wear certain things. We try and attend certain events try and get certain people to like us and build certain network, either social media or just like in person. We're building a resume for our namesake. We're trying to attach positive things to our namesake. And, and if you and I are that focused on a reputation, how much more the God of the universe? Imagine you were sovereign over everything in the universe and that everything was held together by your word. How important would it be for you to keep your word when everything is held together by it? Right? How much more would you care about your namesake when trust in your name is the source of life itself? It's an important thing for God. It's the reason why he cares about his name. This is Psalm 106.8. In this passage, it's talking about God saving the Israelite people who were coming out of Egypt, coming out of bondage. And it says this in Psalm 106.8. Yet he saved them. Why did he save them? For his namesake. Because he loved them, because they were really good, because they, you know, because they worked hard, because they were great people. No, he just saved them for his namesake, that he might make known his mighty power. And Psalm 106 is referencing the fact that God said, hey, I'm going to save my people. And one of the primary motivations for me saving my people is that it is about my namesake. He says, I've already promised that I would save this group of people, so I have to save this group of people. Because I've already promised it. And so it, it's about his name, his reputation. And he made a promise to bring this group of people out. And, uh, and even, in their, even in their hard-headedness and even in their, like, lack of worship and even in their lack, like, God did and performed all these miracles for the people. You, if you think back to Exodus over the past summer, like, God displayed his hand many, many, many times. I'm a relational God. I'm coming through miracle after miracle. And this, these dumb people that we can find ourselves in time and time again, they come out of Egypt and they're like, let's worship a golden cow. That makes sense. Like, God's done all this amazing stuff. Like, he's like, you know what? I'm saving you, but for my namesake, because y'all are crazy. So, anyway, so he saves them for his namesake. And then there's other examples in scripture, too, where, where people try and undermine the namesake of God, where God's trying to do a thing through people, and they just, he's like, what are you doing? A great example is um, Abraham. So when he establishes his covenant with Abraham, and he's trying to grow a nation through Abraham, and then uh, uh, Sarah, his wife, she has, she has an issue in that she's not having a kid in the time frame and in the way and the timeline in which she wants to have a kid. She desperately wants a child, and she decides to do things in her own effort and her own strength. And so she's, she's like, I can't have a baby Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my, my female servant from Egypt, Hagar, and I'm going to give that to my husband. She says, Hagar, go sleep with my husband. Abram, she looks at Abram, and she's like, 
you could sleep with my servant and, and have babies. And at no point did Abraham think this is a bad idea. And so that was, a, but he was like, you know, whatever. And so, so she ends up getting pregnant, comes back. This is in the Bible. Y'all need to read your Bible more often. It's so awesome. So Genesis 16. So, it, and so she comes back. She's like, I'm pregnant. They get jealous and start, you know, talking junk to each other. And then Sarah looks at Abraham. She's like, she got to go. She got to get out of here. And Abraham's like, all right, look, Hagar, you got to roll out of here, you know, even though anyway. So it's like crazy, crazy story. So she's wandering around in the wilderness. And God is like, I'm getting ready to establish my covenant with this moron. And so he's like, and so he goes and with via angel, sends an angel to Hagar to encourage her because he's like, this was not me. I just want to go on record. Okay. Like this was not a part of the plan. This was not, but, it, but he goes and he goes to encourage Hagar, um, really for his namesake. And so he goes in Genesis 16, 13 and, and he meets her and he tells her, he says, Hey, I'm going to, your son, his name's going to be Ishmael. He's going to be a nation. He gives her like a very specific prophetic word. But the thing that encourages her the most in what the angel said to her in the middle of the wilderness is she, uh, the angel said, God sees you. Like how awesome would, how much you would be at peace. Some of us would just be at peace for the rest of our life. If somebody just showed up and was like, Hey, PS, God sees you. And so look at this in verse 13. She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You're a God of seeing. For she said, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. And so here's, here's someone who was seriously let down by, by a man of God, right? A guy who's going to be set apart. Again, covenant is going to be Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. Like that guy. And he, he, she's let down by him. And yet God meets her. And now instead of, instead of thinking about God through Abraham, God meets her one-on-one. And now, her, now here's what she says about God. You're a God of seeing. And so she has this encounter with him. And it's about his namesake. So he intervenes for his namesake. God is true to his name. And because he's true, we know that he's faithful. So he's faithful to his name, but he's also faithful to his character. He's faithful to his character. So one is about making his name renowned. Hey, there's power in my name. It's literally how people are going to be saved is my name. But also it's just who God is. And, and um, he, he's faithful to his character. What God does is directly in line with just his character. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says this. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This is who he is. He's a covenant God, keeps his promise, a God of steadfast love, a God who, a God who is faithful and who keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. And your family and your children and their children and their children. Ah. Like, this is the God that we serve and we make songs about it. Like, he's faithful. And so, um, and so it's just who he is. It's his, it's his uh, you know the phrase, uh, that's on brand. Like, the, so if someone says something, you have a friend or somebody in a friend group and somebody says something like, can you believe so-and-so said that? And you're like, yes, actually, I, yes, I can't believe they said that. Like, that's very on brand for that individual. Can you believe they did this? Yes, I totally can believe they did that. That's very on brand. This is God's brand. 
Faithfulness is who he is. It is his character. This is what he's about. And again, it means uh, the Hebrew word for faithful means like you can put you can put your weight on it. You can like lean on it. Like what are the things that I'm willing to like trust? Right? If for from all my thrill seekers, like if you go to jump out of a a plane, you're, you're like taking inventory of all the things. You know what I mean? Like you're what you're like, hey, who put this parachute in this backpack? You know what I'm saying? Like I want to know who, <laughs> like who who's the pilot? Who's the like if you're riding on if uh, if you're riding on a roller coaster or if you're bungee swinging, bungee jumping, you just want to know like what's the like what's the weight limit? Like what's this harness? Is this gonna hold me? You know. Uh, one example, everybody's had this moment where you go to a wedding and you know, the little, the rental chairs at a wedding that are real, just like janky rental chairs. And, and they're real. I mean, they charge you whatever they charge you for them anyway, but it's like, there's little plastic chairs and you go to sit down in them and you're like, Oh Lord Jesus. Cause they, they, they just give and you're like, please hold me up. You know what I mean? Cause you don't want to be that guy. Like, but at the same time, but so you like slowly sit in that mug, you and, and so there's certain chairs, there's certain things you're like, I don't really know. I'm not going to, like, throw my weight on that. And some people are like, I'm not even going to sit on that. You know what I mean? But there's certain, there's other chairs you go up to, and you're just like, boom. Like, you just, it just looks sturdy. It just looks sturdy. And so the, what it's saying about the God that we serve is he's faithful. And when it says that, it just means you can throw your full weight on him. Like, not partial and what majority of the christian life for some of us are like let's say this is what we're leaning on majority of the christian life is just like we're we're like okay we're good you know but he's just like no just like lay on it like just you could put you could put all your weight on it and so he could support what he says you could take it to the bank god is faithful and so so many of us have trust issues because of really the, the unfaithfulness of others towards us and really our own inability to be faithful ourselves. It's hard for us to reconcile. How can God be faithful? We've never really experienced that. And so this is 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13. The Apostle Paul is writing uh, his protege while he's in prison, and he's awaiting death. And we know that because he says it in chapter 4. But when he's writing Timothy, Timothy's kind of freaking out. Because, you know, if your mentor was in prison and you knew he was going to die, you'd be freaking out too. But Paul's like, chill, it's all good. Like, he's reminding him of the gospel and, like, the promises of God and, and it, everything's okay. And here's what he says to Timothy in this passage. He says, hey, Timothy, here's a trustworthy saying. Put your weight on this. He's faithful. If we died with him, we're also going to live with him. And, and he's, he's saying, listen. If we've died to our flesh, like if we just decided to surrender our lives to Jesus and go all in and, and put our faith and our trust there, he's like, we're going to live with him. If we endure, we're also going to reign with him. So he tells Timothy, he's like, listen, if I'm just consistent in messaging, if I just maintain the gospel and the good news, if I don't bend to whatever culture says or these people say that I should say, if I just keep my messaging the same, Bible tells me, Scripture tells me I get to reign with Christ. If I endure, I reign with him. And Paul's saying, Timothy, I'm going to heaven, and Jesus is sitting on the throne, and he's going to be like, Paul, hop up here, my man. Sit right there. Like, look at this. And so this is what he promises. And then he goes on, and he says this. Listen to this promise. 
if we disown him, he will also disown us. That one's not as popular. First two are more popular, right? If we die with him, we live with him. If we endure, we get to reign. Yeah, come on, victory. Let's reign. Also, if you disown him, he will disown you. It's like, mm, okay, well, you know. But it's, but it's so true, and it's a conditional promise, if. But then go on. It says this. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So every other one is a conditional promise. If I die, then I live. If I endure, then I reign. If I disown, I get disowned. If I'm faithless, oh, well, he's still faithful because he can't, he, can't, he can't not be faithful. And so it's the one area of this promise that's not subject to my ability to be faithful. He's faithful regardless. The reason why Paul's writing Timothy, again, is because he's, he's going to die. And so he's writing to encourage him, and, and he's, he's upset. But Paul's saying, listen, I need you to get rid of the fear. I need you to trust God. And I know that's easier to say than it is to do. Um, and, and I want you to think about, I want you to think about person that's really important to you, a mentor, it could be a parent, it could be a coach, like whoever's had the most impact on your life. And then I want you to think about them being in prison for their convictions. And then they're writing you like, hey, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Like, I'm good. And Paul's like, don't freak out. And he's like, it just doesn't even make any sense. I'm the one, like, I'm the one that's going to die. Calm down. Like, and I'm good because I'm going to live with Christ. And, and the reason why is because his promises are true. If I died with him, I would live with him. If I endure, I'm going to reign with him. And he's saying, I'm so confident of this, I'm going to put my full weight on the promises of God, including my life, including my physical life. I'm not worried about it. I'm good, including my eternity. And then he says this in verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And God's, God's in this passage, you, I want you to think about this, like the faithfulness of God compared to, to our inability to be faithful. You, you and I, we lie, we commit to things that we can't do. There's people in our life who are promised things that we couldn't come through on. Parents, friends, siblings, people dated, spouses, employers, no one is completely faithful. No one. And even, even when we're faithless, God's still faithful. And that's such an encouragement to, to me as a follower of Christ. Because, listen, it means that for those of us who are in Christ, if we placed our faith and our trust in Jesus, that when we, when we aren't true to our word, he still is. And it's such an encouragement that, like, I, we're not riding off of my ability to keep my word. I'm riding on the ability to keep his word. And... And Jesus is the culmination of all of this, right? He's the fullest expression of the faithfulness of God. And so he's true to his character. God's faithful to his character. He's faithful to his name. He's faithful to his character. He's also faithful to his word. God's faithful to his word. It's impossible for God to undercut his own word. This is, this is what scripture says. This is Psalm 33. This is verse 4, 6, and 9. Uh, it, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. But the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. The starry host by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. And it's just reminding us about the power that is in the word of God. Here's what God has done with his word. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> so, like, again, he sustains it all. He holds it all by his word. It's really important that he keeps his word. 
when you sustain life itself by it. And this is 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, this is Paul speaking, was not yes and no. He was not saying, hey, it's, it's, some of these promises are true, maybe some of these are not true, like depending on where you're at. But in him, in Jesus, all of these promises have been yes. No matter how many promises God has made, they are always yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Paul saying, in Jesus, every promise that God has given, there's over 3,000 promises in Scripture, every promise that God has given in Christ, God is faithful, not in your good works or your ability or your behavior or whatever, just in Jesus, God is faithful. And the answer every single time for the promises of God in Christ is yes. And then you and I get an opportunity to come into agreement with it. We say amen. And so um, I just want to read to you. This isn't going to be on the screen. I'm just going to read to you some of these promises that are available to us in Christ. This is Ephesians 3, 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is Matthew 11. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. When? If you come to me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. Philippians 4, God promises to take care of all of our needs. And all this, uh, at this same time, God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. God promises to answer our prayers. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. God promises to work out everything for our good. Romans 8, 28. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who, God, who love God and are called according to his purpose. God promises to be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God promises to protect you. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Time and time again, all throughout Scripture, God promises freedom from sin. This is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to him, if, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Some of us are struggling with some things that we need to let go of, and that's a conditional promise available to us. If the, if this is, again, same thing, John 8. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Romans 8, 38. God promises that nothing can separate you from him. For I am sure that neither life nor death, the angels or rulers, nor anything present, anything's to come, powers, height, depth, anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And then God promises us everlasting life, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that what? Whoever believes in him, conditional promise, if you believe in him, you don't perish, you have eternal life. For all of God's promises that have been fulfilled in Christ, there's this resounding yes, and through Christ, our, our amen. And so the thought is, man, those are awesome, and I want that. Like, if God's faithful to his word, those are the things that I want for myself. I also know, like, just take an inventory today that I'm just super, I'm not, I struggle with being faithful. I struggle with saying that I'm going to do a thing 
and then doing the thing that I say that I'm going to do. And I would say especially in the area of following Jesus. Right? And so this is where we got to close the gap, and it's really important because people look at your life and my life, and they see us as followers of Christ, and they see all of the inconsistencies, and they go, yeah, but it just doesn't preach that great. It just doesn't save souls like it's supposed to because we're just leaving so much out there, like the abundant life that God wants for us to have and the ability, the power that's, that's available through his spirit and all of that that's available in his word, the promises that he has for us, and just by not trusting, by not leaning more and really throwing our full weight. So I want you to think about what are the areas of my life where I'm not, I'm not trusting, I'm not putting my full weight on what God says. I'm not growing in the area of faithfulness because I'm really trying to do it in my own strength instead of letting God be grow and cultivate his own faithfulness in me. If the way that God is faithful is to be faithful to his name, his character and his word, the thought is, all right, well, you know, we've talked about he's faithful to his name, he's faithful to his character, he's faithful to his word. So you might be there and you think application is, okay, well, I've got to keep my reputation in check. And I've got, to, I've got to uphold my own character. Like, I've got to work hard to keep my own character in place. And I've got to, if I commit to a thing, i just got to get better at just doing the things that I stay. But here's the actual application for today. Those aren't the application. That's not the application. The application is, is I, if I'm going to grow in the area of faithfulness, I've got to realize that um, it's not about my reputation. But I've got to think about the name of God as I do what I do and as I say what I say. And as I hang out with that group of people. And as I let my mind drift, as I go to places that I know I shouldn't go, instead of thinking about my reputation, what if you think about the reputation of Christ? What if you think, man, I say I'm a Jesus follower right now, and everybody in here is taking inventory of what I say, do, how I act. Again, think about his name. Instead of thinking about how can I manage my own character, what if I thought about, what if I just stared at his character? What if I just looked at the character of Jesus and I let that have a transforming effect on my life instead of me trying to be good enough in my own strength? I just stared at Jesus. I just, John 15, I would just abide. I would just spend time with him. I would just draw near. I would just become more like him by looking at his character. And then on the last one, instead of, instead of just trying to stay committed to my word and trying to manage that, what if I just remember his promises for my life? What if, I, what if I'm, I look at the faithfulness of God for his word? And so if we're ever going to be men and women who are consistently true to our word, listen, for whom there is less discontinuity between what we say and what we do, between what we believe and what, how we behave, between what we promise and what we perform, we will become faithful as we practice faithfulness right in your home, right with your family, right in your marriage, right at work, right with your peer group. In the, where, you have an opportunity to be faithful every single day. We said this just like the other fruits of the Spirit. How do I grow in them? God doesn't just like make you patient. He just gives you opportunities to be patient. And then he's like, you can grow in it all you like. Just, just practice it. Same thing for faithfulness. 
But again, the only way to really do it is to first realize how faithful the God is that we serve. Remember the name of God, the character of God, and the word of God. But the way that we grow in love is by being given opportunities to love. And the way that we grow in patience is by being given opportunities to be patient. The way we grow in faithfulness is by being given opportunities to be faithful. And if we devote ourselves to faithfulness here, this side of eternity, Matthew tells us, Jesus actually, there's this passage in Matthew 25 that he tells us the experience that we have when we step into eternity one day. Matthew 25, 23, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enjoy. Just enter into this joy of your master. Enjoy what God has created for you, what the master has created for you. And so I love that because it's just a reminder that you and I have an opportunity right now to grow in the area of faithfulness. How do I do it? I steward well what I have right now in this season tomorrow. I steward today. I steward my relationship. I don't, I don't commit to things that I'm not actually going to do. I make sure that my word is my bond. I make sure that, I make sure that I'm thinking about, okay, I'm, th- I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about, okay, what does God say? Who is God? What does his character, what does his word say? And again, let that have this transforming effect on my life. Because this is what Christ's done. And again, just like every fruit of the Spirit, Jesus is the, he's the fullest expression of what it means to be faithful. Just like Jesus is the fullest expression of what it means to be loved. What it means to have real joy, regardless of what it, what it is that you go through. Faithfulness, this is just who Christ is. He cannot help himself. He's faithful. And so I want you to think about your own life. Matter of fact, as we pray and we close out our time, I just my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would just help you to see what are the areas of my life that I can grow, grow in faithfulness? Where do I lack? Where, where do I lack being trustworthy? Like if other people are placing their faith in me, and, and part of the reason is, am, am I putting my weight, am I leaning everything that I have on the promises of God and who God says I am and who I can become in Christ? Or am I trying to do it in my own effort? Because you can't do it in your own effort. Um, but I can be more faithful and I can be more like Jesus when I, when I put my faith where it should be. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness, God. Thank you so much for the way that you love us, that you're for us. And that, God, when we're not faithful, you still are. While, while we were still sinners, you died for us. We were at our worst, you came through. And this was not, this was not a conditional promise, just a promise. You so loved us that you came. You sent your son to die as a ransom in our place. And whoever believes would, would not die but have an eternal life. And then we're offered more than that. We're offered not just the future hope of heaven, but we're offered the ability to just become more like your son, to become more faithful, to, become, to put on things like goodness and patience and joy and peace and love and and so God I pray uh, today 
Holy Spirit, that you would lift the head of every single person in this room. Help us to see the areas of our life that we don't trust you. Areas of our life where maybe we've been hurt by other people. And it could have been parents. It could have been people in the church. It could have been a spouse or people that have just let us down. They said they would do one thing and they didn't do it. And so it's just kind of built in us this need to kind of be guarded and not trust. And yet (laughs) you have never not come through. So help us to put our full weight in you, not in others, not in ourselves. We can't hold it. But our full weight, help us, to, help us to just lean on you. And Jesus, your finished work, I'm so grateful for what you've done. If you're here and you've never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, never surrendered your life to him, I want to give you an opportunity today to just have a moment where you confess him. The Bible just says we just read a conditional promise. If we confess him as Lord, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins. Jesus says, if you confess me, if you claim me in front of others, I will claim you in front of my Father. I'll claim you in heaven. Give give you an opportunity to do that. Surrender your life to Jesus today. Just go all in. And it's just a moment where God meets you and you realize who you are in relationship to who Jesus is. And it's no longer about doing things or being religious or being good enough in your own strength, but about God being good for you and about God being faithful for you and about God being everything that you can't be in your own power for you so that you can become more like him in relationship with him. But right where you're at, just pray this prayer and surrender your life to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. I lay down. I'm I'm tired of making it about myself. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of doing this in my own effort. I am not good enough. I need you. So Holy Spirit, would you just flood my life? God, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the sacrifice of Christ for the cross and his resurrection. I believe. And God, I pray that you would just fill me with your spirit so I could become more of who it is that you want me to become. Out of the overflow of what you're doing on the inside of me. It spills out on other people. And then every single day, help me to grow in this grace of trusting you more in your faithfulness, not my faithfulness, trusting you in your faithfulness, being able to put my weight, my full weight, being able to lean, trust you completely. God, give us, give us over to that as a church family. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.